You are my son, came the voice to Jesus, perhaps to those around him. Even the scriptures aren't sure about that. And uh, God said, with you, with you, I am well pleased. I don't know about you, but I have not heard that affirmation nearly enough in my life. Whether or not we are one's blessed child, one needs to hear those words with you. I am pleased. From our family, from our bosses, if you would, from our our colleagues, and especially, especially here in the church. Then had we gone ahead and read the reading from Acts that is assigned for this day in our liturgical calendar, we would have read these words. God had anointed him, Jesus, of course, with the Holy Spirit, and with power. And because God was with him, because God was with him, Jesus went about doing good. A college student once barged into the office of a campus minister And without so much as a howdy-do, he plopped himself down in one of the office chairs and he demanded in a rather loud and aggressive voice, he said, how did you know that you were supposed to be a preacher? Did you hear some voice from the sky or something? How did you know? Reflecting on this, his uh, campus mentor said that he got the feeling this young man wasn't really asking for uh, his own testimony, if you would, of uh, how he came to perceive his call into the ministry, but rather this young man was struggling with his own calling, with his own vocation, with what God intended for him in the rest of his life. It's a question I suppose most of us ask each ourselves from time to time. I, I know it is with me. And as I make my way now in my 10th year of retirement, as I contemplate the end even of my own life, I am after all in my eighth decade, I, uh, I tend to ask myself, I tend to ask God, what now? What am I supposed to do with what I have left? And I'll tell you, I suppose that questions such as these would be a whole lot easier to answer, a whole lot easier to deal with if the sky would open. I know we got a few leaks in the roof, but that's not what I mean, you know. If the sky would would open and a dove would descend and light on our shoulders, you know, and and he'd speak to me in this big booming voice, like that guy you were talking about a while ago, Jeff, you know, and uh, and so we would have, you know, there would be no misunderstanding. This is what I expect of you. But it's been my experience 
that God generally doesn't speak that way. He doesn't generally act that way. And often we wonder why. Why do things seem more clear from a biblical perspective than they do with us here and now? One, one scholar said, do you reckon God's gotten hoarse in his old age? Like I am now. Or, you know, for whatever the reason, God doesn't like us as much as he did the, the uh, old guys back in the Bible and he doesn't talk to us very much. Whoops. I'm getting carried away up here, Townsend. I thought these puffy sleeves were a good idea when I ordered this robe. Now, I'm not so sure. What I think it is, though, is that the biblical writers have the gift of hindsight. They've had time to reflect upon these things they experienced. And therefore, they could put them into a perspective that, that we don't have here at the spur of the moment. Seminary professor I've heard of not long ago had the habit in his classes of asking his incoming students how they got there. By that, he meant, how did they come to be attending a theological graduate program headed for a career in Christian ministry of some sort? And thinking about this, this professor has written, he said, he's often amazed by how utterly ordinary and unspectacular have been the call that these students had heard. One of his students, he said, told about how a man had come up to him after church one Sunday and simply said, have you ever considered the ministry as your vocation in life? And that put this young man on that particular road. Another was deeply stirred by a book that he had read. And a third, Jeff Howell, a third found his sense of calling by a remark his history professor had made in a lecture one day. Hmm, I didn't know we were that powerful. <laughs> other answers involved parents or other family members, um, friends. And at this, this campus, uh, this uh, seminary professor remarked how the voice of God often sounds like the voice of someone we know and love. The voice of God often sounds like somebody we know and love. Former Duke University chaplain and now retired Bishop Will Williman once wrote, the thing that strikes me is how usual, how ordinary is the sound of God's voice. He says there isn't usually some voice from above, but rather there's a voice from within. And that voice speaks to us so clearly that we know we've heard it, and yet there are dozens of ways to explain it. So he concludes, we must respond to that call, to that voice in faith. We respond to God's call in faith.
Doesn't it always seem to come down to that? That word faith, striking out when we're not at all certain, striking out into, in response to something we're not sure of. We respond to the call to the voice of God in faith. Walking down the hospital pathway one day, well, I got ahead of myself. Middle-aged mother of three, contemplating what to do with the rest of her life now that her kids were old enough not to need her in the ways that they used to. So she began to think about attending seminary and becoming a minister in some capacity or another. And to help her with that decision, one of her advisors suggested that she might uh, check with the chaplain's office at the local hospital and work there as uh, a volunteer. So walking down the hospital hallway one day, she was approached by a distraught and exhausted looking man. And he told her, I'm not sure what I'm looking for, but your name tag says chaplain. He went on, we aren't church people, but my father seems to need someone to talk to him before he dies. Something's holding him back and he won't let go. Can you please come and see what you could do for him? Lady's name was Jill, and she said that she felt a rising panic rising within her. She wasn't a priest. She couldn't administer the last rites. So what could she possibly do to help this man in his dying moments? But she followed his son into the darkened room where a pale and emaciated figure was laying on the bed. She touched the man's shoulder gently, and he acknowledged her presence with a flutter of his eyelids. She asked him if he would like for her to pray with him, and there was another eyelid flutter, which she interpreted as permission. So she says she mumbled something resembling a prayer, but when she said, Amen, the man still seemed to be holding back, still seemed to be holding on to something. And so she tried to think of a way to invoke a meaningful blessing or, or benediction for this man. And that was when the mom in her kicked in. And she remembered the experience of putting her children to bed at night when they were quite little. She would say a prayer of blessing over and for each of them, she would make the sign of the cross on their foreheads and give them a kiss before she tucked them in for the evening. So at that, she made the sign of the cross on this dying man's forehead. She gently bent over to kiss him on the cheek and quietly left the room. Later, the man's son found her and expressed his deep, deep appreciation for what she had done. He's gone now, he said. I don't know what you did, but thank you. And Jill responded to this man. She said, I simply gave him permission 
to cross the street. In that moment, Jill realized that she had a calling, but it was not the calling into the ordained ministry. Rather, her call was to be a blessing in other ways, and she became a social worker and a counselor. And I'm sure she was a blessing to everyone with whom she came into contact. You know, my friends, Christian calling is not something that happens to the ordained clergy alone. Each and every one of us here this morning is called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. To do God's will in and through and with these lives that we've been given. In other words, to be baptized is to be called. To be baptized is to be called. It is called to be a blessing. It is called to make a Christian difference in the world and in the lives of those closest to us. And what might that calling be? I can't answer for you and to tell you the truth, that's something I still struggle with a little bit in my own life. What does God have for me in my time remaining here on earth? I believe it's to be something. I believe it's to be someone special. I believe it's to be a child of God and to make a difference. As you contemplate this, I think a, a good rule of thumb might be where your God-given gifts and talents, interests, and abilities intersect with the needs of the world around you. There is your calling. That's what your calling is, to use who you are and what you've been given to be a blessing to others, to be like Jesus, to go about doing good. You know, in this church, we have uh, been truly blessed to have an incredible professional staff. Our ministers and those others who work with uh, our young people, uh, the kids, our choir, you're hiding from me. And indeed, some of us have found our calling, or at least a part of it, in using our musical talents and abilities uh, to, to foster the worship life, the faith of this church. Some of us have been called into various areas of the healing professions, others to be teachers or counselors. Some of us have been called to protect and, and to serve as first responders, firefighters, law enforcement personnel, members of the military. We're tradesmen, clerical workers, administrative assistants, 
Some of us do jobs that most people would rather not do, but we serve anyway. And today, I believe more than ever, perhaps, we need dedicated disciples to run our businesses And goodness knows we need those with a Christ-like attitude to serve in the various areas of our governments. In In one way or another, all of us, every single one of us, has been called to Christian service. I've heard God's call several times in various ways, and I hope and I pray that I've responded appropriately. And so now, just as I have been called, so I call you. You. (laughs) To remember that just by being here, just by being a part of this church, You are acknowledging that you are a special child of God, that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, and that you have been called to minister in his name to this hurting, confused, violent, and tragic world in which we live. May God's blessing be upon and with each and every one of us as we find our own unique and special ways to serve.